Aspirus, passion for excellence, compassion for people. It's time for Aspirus Health Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. People with AFib often face lifelong use of blood thinners to reduce their risk of stroke. The one-time Watchman procedure offers an effective alternative for those who are at high risk of bleeding complications or who have had difficulties tolerating blood thinners. My guest today is Dr. Kevin Rist. He's a cardiac electrophysiologist with Aspirus Health System. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rist. I'd like to start with a little explanation of atrial fibrillation and tell the listeners what that is. Uh, well, Thank you for giving me this uh, chance to talk about AFib. Um, it's a particularly irksome problem to a lot of people as they get older. Um, the normal rhythm, which we should probably talk about first, is that the upper chambers squeeze blood into the lower chambers, the upper chambers being the atrium and the lower chambers the ventricles. And uh, in so doing, they fill up the ventricles and help the ventricles pump out more blood. And that seems to be the normal way that uh, things should proceed. In atrial fibrillation, the upper chambers are, uh, have a really chaotic rhythm. The rhythm isn't regular. It transmits a rhythm that's generally a little too fast to the lower chambers. And there's no squeezing uh, associated with that rhythm. Uh, some of the parts of the atrium are squeezing and some of the parts are relaxing, and so there's no net squeeze. So uh, it really reduces how well the heart works uh, by at least 20%. Um, so the heart tends to be going too fast in AFib. It doesn't have chance to fill up, and then the atria aren't pumping blood into it to fill up. So it reduces what people can do. Uh, some people get quite fatigued. Um, some people feel the extra beats or palpitations and the heart rate is very irregular. On the other hand, some people feel nothing at all. It doesn't bother them. And of course, that's dangerous too, because we know that people in atrial fibrillation have a much higher risk of having a stroke. So let's talk about that risk of stroke. What are the first-line defenses if somebody is diagnosed with atrial fibrillation and you want to reduce their risk of stroke? What do you do first with them? Um, well, we, um, we try to define their risk of having stroke, and there's uh, something called the CHADS-VASC score, and that's an acronym to help us re uh, remember what the risk factors are, and they, they include age, sex, uh, high history of hypertension, coronary disease, heart failure, uh, and, and previous stroke. And when we add all those things up, we get a rough idea of how risky uh, it is or how likely it is for them to have a stroke because of AFib. Um, so if you're very young and you have no risk factors, uh, you probably don't need to go right on blood thinners. However, if you have more than one or two risk factors, you clearly need to be on blood thinners. And so that's one of the first things we try to determine, <clears throat> people's risk and therefore um, how reasonable it is to go on blood thinners. And of course, we're not talking about an aspirin. We're talking about uh, blood thinners uh, such as Coumadin or some of the uh, novel, newer uh, blood thinner agents. And as there are other procedures that we could talk about in a different segment, rhythm control and rate control, if somebody cannot tolerate or take blood thinners, explain about the Watchman procedure and what's involved in this. Well, the Watchman procedure is, uh, first of all, uh, it's, it's important to know, does not prevent or stop or even treat AFib. 
it's totally about reducing the risk of stroke due to clots that build up in AFib. So it's not a solution for AFib. It's a solution for people who have a specific set of problems, uh, specifically with Coumadin or some of the other blood thinners. Uh, what sorts of problems? If they're on blood thinners and they have uh, problems with their balance or they're very unsteady or they have multiple falls, uh, where you know striking their head would be a big problem on a blood thinner, um, then that would be one of the reasons to uh, consider this Watchman procedure. If on Coumadin, the regulation of their blood uh, tendency to clot, their thickness or thinness, uh, if you want to call it that, or the people who are already on this medicine know they have to get a ProTime or something we call an INR, if they can't keep those well-regulated with the help of their doctor and alterations in diet, um, then they're at risk of bleeding um, and or having a stroke, and that's not useful. If their blood is too thin, their INR or protime's too high, uh, then they're at risk of bleeding from the drug. If their blood thinner is uh, too low or their, uh, risk, their clotting ability is not, uh, not thinned out enough, um, then they're at risk of having a stroke because because they're not uh, um, because they're not adequately anticoagulated. So um, the second person that's uh, use, uh, that this procedure is useful for is the person who can't get their INR well regulated within the range of two to uh, three uh, on the INR scale. Um, so um, you know those are um, those are the most common along with then the third uh, component of people who have bleeding episodes, either from their gut, GI bleeding, or sometimes uh, bleeding from their nose. And this has to be, you know, pretty significant bleeding, but there are people who have problems with ulcers or uh, bleeding spots in their colon or have terrible problems with bleeding from the nose. And if you're having bleeding issues all the time, then obviously a blood thinner is is going to be very hard for you to tolerate. And Dr. Rist, you gave us such a great explanation at the beginning about the physiology of the heart and how it beats. And this is a left atrial appendage closure device. Explain how this procedure works and what it really does. Well, um, the um, blood in the, in the right atrium, um, if there are little clots that form there, the blood generally goes to the lung, and there's actually a lot of natural anticoagulant in the lung. And so little tiny clots from the, on the right atrium don't really cause much of a problem. However, the left atrium is where the blood goes first to the left ventricle and then out to the brain, uh, to the heart itself, to the kidneys, and the rest of the body. And so clots there, small clots there, could cause a heart attack, could cause a stroke, could cause problems with kidney function. So, you know, why would we have clots at all? Well, um, remember I talked about how the coordination of the atrium uh, is very poor in, in atrial fibrillation, and there's really no contraction. There is a, a thing called the left atrial appendage. It's sort of a worm-like structure uh, that hangs off the left atrium, and it's um, sort of, it's probably the size of your thumb, and it, when the left atrium is in a normal rhythm uh, and the left atrium squeezes, 
this little thumb-like structure is squeezing also. So it's squeezing blood into the left atrium, and the left atrium is squeezing blood into the left ventricle, and everything's very happy. But as soon as you're in atrial fibrillation, this little thumb-like structure becomes a backwater. Uh, it's not an area where there's any flow. Um, it's like stagnant. Uh, it's like stagnant water in a in a pond, and that's when clots develop when there's no motion of the blood. So uh, clots can develop and they can become quite large. And it turns out the major strokes um, tend to come from clots that come from the left atrial appendage in people with AFib. So if you're on Coumadin and your blood is thinned out, no clots develop there or very or less likely to. If you can plug that left atrial appendage and then your plug uh, uh, gets uh, uh, a lining on it so that it becomes as smooth as the rest of the inside of the heart, then no clots can come out of the left atrial appendage, whether you're an AFib or not. So the idea of the watchman is it is a plug that goes in this left atrial appendage, this little thumb-like structure, closes off the neck of the left atrial appendage, and uh, after a couple of weeks or uh, six or so, um, most often uh, prevents people from having strokes, the major ones that come from the left atrial appendage. And then Coumadin can be... Uh, discontinued. Is this something that's permanent? It stays in? Yes, it, it is quite permanent. Um, it has to be, uh, there are different size plugs for different size left atria, uh, left atrial appendage, appendages. You cannot predict the size by looking at the person's body. Um, you have to do um, something called a transesophageal echo, um, People may be familiar with echocardiograms where they move a wand around on the front of the chest and they get pictures of the heart. The left atrial appendage is um, right under the ribs in the front of the chest. And so because it's under the ribs, or meaning just behind the ribs, we can't get a good picture of it with sound waves because the sound doesn't travel well through bone. So uh, a transesophageal echocardiogram is when we take a tube that has an ultrasound uh, recording device on it and put it down in the esophagus, down in the food tube, and it happens to run right behind the back wall of the heart, right behind the left atrium. And so we can uh, focus the ultrasound forward and look at the left atrial appendage, and we can measure, measure its size and shape and uh, find out whether it would uh, be uh, appropriate uh, for a, a left atrial appendage closure device before a watchman. And 80% of the time, uh, people will be appropriate, uh, will have the right size and shape um, left atrial appendage um, to have this procedure performed. So in just the last few minutes, Dr. Riston, it's absolutely fascinating technology. Wrap it up for us about the Watchman procedure and what you want people that are suffering from atrial fibrillation to know about inquiring from their physician about this procedure. Um, well, uh, this procedure is, uh, is for someone who has a high risk of stroke and has either documented uh, multiple bleeding or has documented bleeding episodes or has a lifestyle or problems uh, with uh, locomotion that would cause them to be at risk for bleeding, um, or have problems uh, maintaining Coumadin at the uh, therapy at the proper level. 
Um, if that's true, this device can be implanted in someone who has the right size and shape uh, left atrial appendage um, in a procedure that lasts uh, one and a half to two hours under general anesthesia, and then you would, uh, you know, uh, go home the same day, or excuse me, the next day after a period of observation. Um, and then at six weeks, you would have another transesophageal echo, and that would determine if everything had healed well. This a plug device has a little sort of a fabric covering on it, and once the body has put some cells over it, um, it, uh, it won't allow flow anymore, and then the risk of uh, stroke is really reduced. The amount, uh, the amount of reduction is equivalent to being on Coumadin, but the benefit comes that you're not at the risk of having the bleeding episodes that go along with being on Coumadin. Um, however, um, it's not for everyone. If you, you have to have a high risk of, um, of stroke, and you have to have, as I said, reasons that you cannot or should not take Coumadin over the long term. Um, over, after um, six weeks, when uh, if the device has healed in well, and 95% of the time it has at that point, then you get switched over to an aspirin and another blood center called Plavix, and then at about six months, you get just switched back to an aspirin. So um, there are, um, you know, many people who would like to get off Coumadin, uh, but you have to have some pretty specific reasons for it. But this can be checked. You can go on a website and look up the Watchman. You can find out uh, where in your area um, people would do the Watchman. Certainly at Aspirus, uh, we do the Watchman, uh, and, uh, you know, it, the the approach has been working well for our patients, and uh, you know we're certainly happy to talk to anyone about it. Um, we have an AFib clinic, and at the AFib clinic as uh, one of the points in Aspirus uh, that would uh, lead you to um, the right people to get evaluated for this device. Thank you so much, Dr. Rist, for being with us today. It's really great information. You're listening to Aspirus Health Talk. And for more information, you can go to Aspirus.org. That's Aspirus.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.